Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. passage for this morning comes from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. It says this, The whole commandment that I have commanded you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know and nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that a man disciplines his son and the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his way, by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water and fountains and springs flowing out into the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and you will be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity that we have as your people to gather together to sing your praises. Now, as we turn from singing praise to your word made flesh, your son, Jesus Christ, and as we turn our attention now to your written word, which speaks of you, we pray that you'd give us ears to listen and hearts to receive, that your spirit would use your word this morning to speak to us. We pray that you'd be with Joyson as he brings the word this morning, that he'd preach your word, not his own, that he'd bring a message that is from you for your people. We thank you just like you did not let your people go hungry in the wilderness. You will not let us go hungry now. You will feed us with your word. So we pray, give us a meal this morning that we might feast and be full and be sustained by your word. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Happy New Year, beloved church. It's uh, 2023. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm standing with my heart elated as I see all of you. And the reason being is um, this church was planted just, you know, a, a few, maybe a years, a few months before COVID happened. And... Uh, I see that you have survived a pandemic, 
you have survived months of a lockdown, and uh, you have remained faithful to the Lord our God. You have continued to gather and come to worship Him, and uh, you know this is this is a testimony of God. Just as the children of Israel looked back and saw God's provision, this is this is something to you know stake your mark on and say that God has done this for our church. I mean, I'm coming from a city where I've walked into buildings that were so much more bigger than this, and all I've seen is empty pews, and the people are gone. And uh, here you are, having planted as a church plant before COVID, growing and thriving. And so glory to God for that, you know? I mean, that's just amazing. In 2023, you're starting the new year um, here worshiping God. Praise God for that. Pastor Marv asked me this morning to to speak to you on the subject of trusting God, and to be honest with you, at first when he mentioned it, my heart was reclining just because uh, I had personally been struggling and wrestling with God on this subject myself. Um, It was a year of of some hardship for me physically, um, and uh, a, a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of you know, just uh, asking God what was going on and why am I in this place? And, you know, after dragging my heels for a couple of days, I said yes, but, you know, I had no idea what I was going to speak on. I just dragging my heels. And finally, I sat down and, uh, you know, this passage opened up to me and I, I started understanding my own journey and what God had brought me through. And so I, I pray that this message will be comforting for you, but it's also going to be challenging. Um, and so let's, let's dig into the Word of God. We read from the text this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 uh, to 7. And, and what you see is Moses is sort of doing a recap to the children of Israel of their experience in the wilderness. And he's giving them a reminder, and he's telling them, don't forget all that you have experienced as your situation is going to change, as you're going to go into the good land flowing with milk and honey and all the things that you, you, you saw 40 years in the wilderness while the other nations were enjoying, which you could not enjoy. Now you're going to go and enjoy these things. Don't forget where you came from and what you have experienced. And so, In verse 1, Moses begins his text, and he gives an imperative to the people, and he says, you know, about obeying God's commandments. See, Israel's very existence and its future flourishing depended on this imperative, that they obey the commandment of God. Um, They, you know, they're, they're in a place where this imperative, as they obeyed it, there were going to be three consequences that followed uh, this, this, this command. And the first thing that was going to happen was they were going to be fruitful. They were going to live, and they were going to multiply. The second thing that was going to happen was there was going to be progression. They were going to go from, and they were going to go to where God was leading them. The third thing was succession. They were going to go in and take possession of the land that God was giving to them. Now, it's easy to fall into the habit of, you know, reading this text and thinking this instruction about following God's commandments, some form of transactional cause and effect, that if they did this, they were going to be blessed. And it it kind of falls into Old Testament literature when you look at that historically, you read the books of Exodus and so forth. 
But I want to propose to you that this statement is something far more than just that transactional cause and effect. What I want to propose to you, and which is written throughout Scripture, but maybe not explicitly spoken about until the New Testament, is that it was an act of faith. It was a living out of faith. See, the law of God at the heart of it demanded faith, and without that, none of these things can happen. It wasn't just a matter of do's and don'ts of religious exercise that they were supposed to follow because people were accustomed to that. But God was asking so much more of them. He was saying that you can't live out the consequences of what I'm calling you to do to multiply, to progress, to succeed without faith. And let me tell you, that faith was going to be tried, that every heart that was part of that nation was going to be tested to see if it was a religious exercise for them or if it was really walking with their God. You know, you ask this question, um, if keeping the commandments didn't achieve the expected outcome, because God had promised something, but if, they, if, I didn't ex- if I didn't achieve that expected outcome, am I just going to give up and say, forget it, it's not working? Or am I going to keep pressing on and holding on to the promise of God until it's manifested? See, this is what God was asking the people. And I'm telling you, it's a sobering thought. It's a sobering thought. Um, and God puts into motion a scenario where he was going to weed out the religious and identify the faithful. See, uh, the, the people were going to have their hearts tested. God knew what was in their hearts, but did they know what was in their hearts? Do we know what's in our hearts? I saw a lot of insecurities, fears, and doubts this past year in my walk with God. And he was exposing it. He brought a physical condition over my life, and he just exposed the fact that, Joyson, you think you are providing for your family? You think you are the supplier of your family? You think that if you fall and no one else is going to be there, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put you in a place where you're going to wrestle with these fears and realize that I'm the one who provides for you. And so that's what happened. And I'm not ashamed to tell you because I'm telling you, I'm... I read this, and I'm walking just as I'm walking with you guys, and I'm being hit with the same truth that God is challenging all of us. And so it was easy for the people to say, hey, look, I'm a part of this nation, Israel. God has taken me to a good land. All right, let's jump on and go. But no, no. Now their own personal walk was so crucial because God was going to test each one of them. It wasn't just a group think, let's jump on the bandwagon of being a Christian or going to church and, you know, things are going to be okay. I mean, just let's look at the reality of what happened in the last three years. Where are the people who used to fellowship with us before the pandemic? Hasn't God used COVID to to identify those who were committed to him and those who have fallen away? And so we're exhorted this morning as we're sitting here to identify those people who've fallen away and and to help them examine their own hearts and their own lives and bring them back to Christ. So here, verse 2, God is, what is he doing? He's doing this. He's putting the people into a position where they need to start examining their own lives and their own choices. Now, 
There's no better way to get someone's attention than to meddle with their food and water. Okay? And, you know, I mean, just try it. If you don't believe me, try it. I mean, you will see how people react. You will see the, how do you say, the ugliness of them come out. And I guess I could say for all of Western uh, nations that you could add another item to that list, and that's toilet paper. Because, you know, during the pandemic, people acted as if there were no running water in these countries. And I, I, was, I was surprised. Like, people from other nations came and said, what's, what's wrong with, with these people? I go to the store and I can't find toilet paper. There's so much food. Um, but think about this. God puts his own people and humbles them in a position where they are, have no ability to provide for themselves. He takes away the strength, the resources, and everything that they could do to literally feed themselves. They could not sow in the wilderness. They couldn't water. They couldn't reap a harvest. They literally were desperate. And with this restriction upon their lives, God turns around and says to them, I want you to realize the spiritual truth that you live because of every word that proceeds out of my mouth. You live because I am providing for, I am carrying you, and I am sustaining you by the very word of my mouth. This is spiritual reality for earthly living. Why does he make that statement? Because the word of God, as God himself declare, is spiritual, it's spirit, it is truth, and it is eternal. See, faith acknowledges the absolute reality of God's word, whereas our circumstances will change, but the word of God won't. And I have come to this place in my own walk where God is telling me, do you believe the circumstances and what you see with your eyes or do you believe what my words say? See, um, Romans 3, 4 says this, let God be proven true and every man a liar. That, that reality only sunk into me because, you know, the testimony of my Elder sister Sheba, she's actually my, my, brother, my, my wife's elder sister, but I'm so close to her, I, say she, I, I claim her as my own sister. Um, ten years ago, she was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. And the survival rate for esophageal cancer was less than 10% for somebody in that age. Um, the diagnosis was grim. They told her that she had to go to Japan. She was living in India at the time, that she had to go to Japan because those are the best surgeons who operated on you know, this, this type of cancer. It would cost $25,000, which nobody had. And so, you know, what can we do? Me being, you know, 10 years ago in faith gave her the platitudes of, you know, God is with you and so on and so forth, right? To my own shame, I'm just being very real with you. Um, because I didn't know what to say. And so God, in his great sovereignty, would work out that she didn't have to go to Japan. She would go to another state where one of the acting physicians was actually a visiting professor of Harvard who would do the surgery for her. She would have, while she is there, 
God would sovereignly send a acting or a teaching uh, physician from Japan, one of the best, who would come to the hospital to do the surgery for her. And even though, you know, they, they said the survival rate is still less than 10%, right, even after the surgery, and we're all sitting here talking before the surgery, and she, she quotes this verse for us. She says, let God be proven true and every man a liar. She said, I have already seen in a vision what the, the hospital looks like, this, the, the operating room looks like, and I'm going to survive, and I'm going to come back. But then she said, but even if I die, I know where I'm going. And she's still alive today, 10 years later, as a testimony of God's providential, supernatural work in her life. And this is what she kept quoting to us while she was going through, you know, the, the possibility of surgery and radiation afterwards. And so the Apostle Paul makes the same claim. He states that in the New Testament. He says, we walk by faith and not by sight because what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. And so the children of Israel, by faith, go out daily and get their daily ration of manna for 40 years. See, God was testing the endurance of their faith. Even though it may have been small as a mustard seed, he wanted to see if they would continue to believe and trust in him regardless of the circumstances that they were experiencing. This is the second challenge for me. I need to hold fast to the promise of God and not to let the circumstances dictate what my emotions and how I need to respond. You know, it's, it's hard being in this earthly body because we're so bombarded with our senses. We're so accustomed to our senses. But God is telling the children of Israel, you will have to understand and grab hold of the spiritual reality to what you have come to know, the living God. And that is the word of God. And, and it comes by believing what he has said. Hold fast to the promise of God as eternal and far greater, far superior than the circumstances. Um, by faith, we have eaten the heavenly manna, Jesus Christ, and should lack nothing. Okay? By faith, we have taken hold of him who is the true word of God that comes from heaven for our daily needs. Okay? So here's the question. Is my profession of God's promises on my lips more than the dire circumstances that I'm in? This is also another thing that God was challenging me. He says, you know, let's examine what you've said the whole morning. My wife is amazing at doing this for me. Every morning she says, you know, I hear you grumble more than actually speak the praises of God and talk about God's goodness. And I had to stop and say, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's a revelation. You know, Jesus is out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when you are growing in your faith, when you have come to that place where the word of God is so much more real, your heart will lead your mouth to proclaim his words and not your circumstances. You will look at the circumstances and say, yeah, that may be so, but God's word is far more real. Right? It's not delusional thinking. Like, don't think this is, you know, you trying to deceive yourself. That's not what it is. This is you saying to God that I'm holding fast to you. And you know what a sobering thought is? 
This is a sobering thought. Hebrews 11.39, it says, There were people who were commended for their faith who died without seeing the manifestation of the promises that God had given to them because it was intended for us that they would receive it with us. Isn't that sobering? That they were given, they were commended because their faith would hold on to the very brink of death and say, it doesn't matter, but I know God will fulfill his promise. That's a sobering thought. That's what we're being called to this morning. That's what we're being called to for 2023. That we're going to stake our lives on the promises of God and the circumstances. Verse 4. God says this, you know, living out of faith, you will witness the supernatural power of God. Living out of faith, you will witness the supernatural power of God. Uh, the children of Israel didn't lack anything. Their, their physical reality was such that they didn't get sick for 40 years. Um, their assets didn't depreciate. You know, things physically were, were given for them. And this was because, and Moses is saying it, it was because of God's outstretched arm of power. So, church, I am being convicted to ask this question. Do we dare believe in the outstretched arm of God to do signs, wonders, and miracles today? Right? This is not about some bygone era of apostolic grace where, you know, the power is no longer manifested. No, the promise was for us who believe today. And so, the challenge now is to ask, why is it that we don't see this power? What are we missing as a church? What are we missing as individuals? That the manifest power of God is not being witnessed in our day today. This is something for us to think about. I want you to go away wondering and asking, why is that the case now? Because God said that nothing is impossible to him who believes, and the promises are for us and for our children. So there's a perpetuity of what was said to the disciples when he commanded them to go and do all these things and to teach the nations what he's commanded. And he commanded us to do these things, to see his outstretched hand of power. So here's the challenge as a body. Ask why it's not very evident in 2023. And that should change. We want that to change. We want to see the work of God's outstretched hand of power in our assembly, and we come expecting to believe that he's going to do something. Okay? Verse 5. God says he did all these things to discipline his son, whom he's called as Israel. All these things to discipline the child that he loves. Why? He tells them why. He said, because I've set my affections on you, I have chosen you, I have called you out as a people. He calls them out as a people and he makes them live like nomads for 40 years. They're doing mobile church, they're doing mobile residence, right? They pitch their tent and right next to them, their neighbors are living in a nice real estate, you know, it's appreciating, there's market value, they're sowing and reaping at the proper time. They're enjoying life. And these guys are living in wilderness. And, you know, you have to be tempted to ask the question, why? Why us? And God says why. 
because I have chosen to show you who I am and my ways. I haven't shown that to them. He's saying, I want you to learn spiritual reality, spiritual truth that is going to make you victorious in your living, in your walk. And this is how you will learn it. When you have been stripped of the things that are natural, your creature comforts, and you focus your heart upon me, and I will give you, he's not, he's not denying them good things, but he's training them to become stronger. And so they, they see all these things, and yes, they ask the questions, and you, you do see in the history of Israel people falling away. You do see that. You know, we have been a called-out people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen race, all to proclaim the excellence of him who called us out of darkness. This is who we are. Just as God called Israel out, he's called us. And so today, if you're not measuring up with the standards of the world, make sure that your life is pleasing to God. That's far more valuable, right? Um, Israel's going in and going out to wherever God would lead them was not by their own dictates. It was by what God said. They would, they would park their tents, pitch it, and wait wherever he tells them to wait. And until the cloud would go somewhere else, they, they wouldn't fall. And so we now as believers have been commanded to be led by the Spirit of God and not by our own inclination. But how many of us are actually doing that? How many of us stop and ask, Holy Spirit, is this where you want me to go? Is this what you want me to do? Right? We often make the decision and say, God, be in this. That's not how he works. That's not how it worked for them. Because some of them said, hey, let's go back to Egypt. And where do they end up? Dead. Right? And so God is, again, reminding us, reminding us, if we've been called out, it's for a reason. It's because he has set his affections on us that we would know his ways. And knowing his ways meaning, means faith teaches us to follow the leading of God. And so finally, he comes to this, you know, this, this statement of, you're going to go in and you're going to take possession of the land. You're going you're to face enemies that are far greater than you. In fact, you're going to face giants. And in, in Deuteronomy verse 7, God says, when your heart fears these people that you have to go up against, I want you to stop and I want you to remember how I stood before you to deliver you from the Egyptian army. I want you to remember all the supernatural workings that happened to get you to where you are. Okay? Church, you are here in 2023 having survived a pandemic and lockdown, continuing to worship God. This is not a small thing. This is, this is a powerful testimony of God it's grace for this church, for all of you who've come here, who continue to come here to worship. And so God says, you're going to go up and face challenges that look in the flesh as if you know, they're, they're natural um, challenges, but they have supernatural source behind them. It's not just flesh and blood. This is what he's telling them. 
Okay, And so you need to be able to identify what is the significance, the spiritual significance of what you are up against. See, they're facing giants, but these giants, there was, there was a spiritual reality behind these giants. So let me just give you a few examples of what they experienced in the wilderness. By faith, Moses held up his hands while Joshua fought the Amicalites, and he had to keep his hands held up. Okay, this has never happened before. They, they went to war. You know, Moses was, you know, was not holding up his hands. But in this instant, he had to keep his hands up. And it says that every time his hands fell, the Amicalite army would actually succeed. And to the point where they actually had to put rocks underneath Moses' hands to hold it up. There was a spiritual reality in that battle that if Moses did not do this, they would have lost. Right? We dismiss that as something, you know, it's a nice story. But no, no, there's a significance to that event, a spiritual significance. Now consider this other one. Um, Phineas, by faith, he slayed an Israelite man who was publicly committing sexual immorality, and immediately the plague in the camp stops. Isn't that interesting? Disease enters the camp, and here is a man who's so zealous for God's holiness that he... He spears a man through his body because he was sinning publicly, which God completely forbade to do. And what you understand, if you will understand the spiritual significance behind it, it's this. The people, the Moabites with whom he was um, fornicating with, were instructed by Balaam the prophet to seduce Israel, right? Because when he tried to pronounce a curse on Israel, he couldn't do it. So he said, God, their God is protecting them. So the only way to, to, to attack them is to allow them to sin. Let sin enter the camp, and then you'll see the plague. Isn't that a scary thought? By faith, Israel goes and subdues the nation. And he does it because God promises and says, I'm a consuming fire that's going before you, and nobody's going to be able to withstand you. So this morning, here is the challenge to us. How can you write your story of faith? What can you say that you have done by faith for God? How have you stood by faith in the promise of God? In spite of the circumstances, as dire, as hopeless as it may seem, that you can turn around and say, my God is not weak, and he is for me. I say this in closing. By faith, Hope Church Toronto North, you have stood fast in the midst of a pandemic as a small church plant, continue to be faithful. Though small in size, faithful to God. And God sees that. So let's pray. Father, I, I thank you that you remind us again that you are in control and sovereign and powerful. And you're a God who is for us. And I pray, Father, that we enter the rest of faith, a rest which, where we do not forget when the good times come. We do not forget 
what you have done for us. We do not forget the the outstretched work of your hand to, to bring us to that place of receiving your goodness, that our hearts don't get elated that we think that this is our right, this is our endowment. No, we rest in your goodness. We rest in your faithfulness. We come to a place of depending on you. And so I pray that 2023 for Hope Church Toronto North would be one of great working of the Lord's power, that the Holy Spirit would do wonders, that he would astound the people who come into this assembly and and they would say, surely God is here in the midst of his people. That what they have never seen and experienced before will happen in 2023. This is my prayer, that the Holy Spirit of God will do the unthinkable and people will know that it is only by the Lord our God. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.